Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Landon, our co-host, is off uh, for the rest of this week. He is on vacation. He will be back next week. Uh, but we've got a great, great guest to replace him, a friend of the show. And actually, a friend of the show isn't strong enough because uh, Joey is one of the, the greatest followers on Cowboys Twitter. Make sure you check him out, at Joey Ikes. Joey, thank you for coming on. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing very well, man. I'm so excited for this. I'm so like, I'm so proud to be able to call you and Landon, my friends, and all the success that you guys have had. This is this is awesome to be here, and I'm just glad that I could, you know, come try to fill Landon's uh, Landon's really big shoes. Yeah, yeah, his very big shoes. So I'll actually say this before we even get started. Uh, the very first podcast that I ever did was a podcast with you and Landon, like back in oh man, was it 20 like 15? Uh, the blogging the voice or podcast. 16, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because yeah, I, 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 it was 2016 because we were talking about Jalen Ramsey versus Ezekiel uh, Elliott. I, I remember oh, this yeah. specifically. So, oh yeah, uh, the good old days, the good old days. Yeah, uh, indeed, indeed. Uh, so we're going to talk today about some winners and losers from Cowboys camp so far. We've had what six or seven practices under their belt so far. Um, let's let's be positive, Joey, because you and I are both very positive people. Oh, every all day, every day. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, only optimism about this team. Only, only optimism. optimism yes. Uh, I want to start with Tyron Smith. I, I actually think he's probably the biggest winner of camp so far. Um, he's healthy. He's dominating. Uh, what have you seen from Tyron so far, so far in practice? Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're absolutely right when it comes to Tyron. And I think the biggest winner of the whole thing when it comes to that subject is just I think everybody's peace of mind about the situation because. You know, when you deal with neck injuries and back injuries like he has, you just literally you never know what what you're going to be dealing with or what's going to be going on. And so for him to be able to to show up and and not only to show up to camp and, you know, say he's in great shape and all that kind of stuff, be able to be on the field all through the spring and now into the summer with with what really feels like no uh, no restrictions or anything like that. And, you know, to show that you're still the same the same level of player that you were um, that just sort of eases everybody's mind and makes everybody feel a lot better about, uh, about the situation for sure. I mean, that's the biggest uh, news story out of Dallas outside of Dak Prescott, right? Like Tyron being back to what we saw in what 2014, 2015, 2016, like that level of health is just fantastic news. For the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. All right, give me another winner that you've seen so far from training camp. Um, I think it has to be Trevon Diggs. I mean, okay. the uh, all, all the reports are positive. He's making plays every day in camp, um, and you see him. You know, using you see guys. You see our friend Yuma out there at mm-hmm. camp uh, posting videos, which we're so grateful for. <laughs> for for uh, those of us who, who who can't make it out to California, um, so so we're so grateful for that, and to see him, you know, using really really advanced techniques 
technique, feints in, in his press coverage, things like that, just to throw receivers off timing. Um, and just he, he's always going to be a guy who makes plays on the ball. Uh, we know Jerry Jones loves that. He's told, he's told us about how he's a wide receiver playing cornerback. Yes. And, and Dan Quinn likes it because he catches it and he can't hear it and all those sorts of things. So right. uh, I think Trevon is, uh, is positioned to take the step to be, you know, uh, to take a step up in tier, pr- provide more consistency and, and be able to, to be the type of cornerback that helps a defense win games for sure. Yeah, I mean, if the Cowboys defense is going to improve, they're going to need guys like Trevon Diggs to step up. And, I mean, everything that we've seen so far, it seems like there's going to be no sophomore slump. It seems like he's going to be even better. I think this scheme was, like, you know, made specifically for him, right? Like a long athletic cornerback who uh, likes to get physical. It's not a surprise that he's having a great camp. We just hope it translates into the season. Um, I want to talk about seeding Lamb really quickly because – I don't think he's surprised us at all. Like when he came out of Oklahoma, we knew that he was a special talent. Um, But for him to be as consistently good as he's been so far in camp, it basically looked like a number one receiver, you know, with not only winning with the ball in the air, winning with separation. We haven't even really seen him win after the catch yet, which is I think his best trait. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what you've seen from CD lamb so far in camp? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the the number he's wearing on his jersey is is really fitting for these types of situations. Mm-hmm. He, um, I mean, we we all remember, you know, Des doing Des things, and now we have CD doing CD things. Uh, almost every single day, there's some ridiculous highlight, unbelievable catch. Mm-hmm. But but from reports of the guys that are there, and you know, seeing on a snap by snap, drill by drill basis, it's not just one or two highlights per day. He he's very consistently just just showing up as, as a guy who's going to be um, potentially the most productive receiver on the team and, and really going to be a weapon for the offense in in providing providing teams with just another question to answer in terms of how they uh, how they solve this offense um, and quickly realizing hopefully that there's really not a way to do that. So what do you think CD Lamb's ceiling is in this offense? Because I don't think this is going to be a team that just force feeds the ball to one receiver because they have so many other talented players. But do you think he's got the potential to be a top, let's say, seven or eight receiver in the league eventually? Oh, eventually, absolutely. Um, because I think eventually um, he's going to be the guy. You know, right now, you know, and Amari's still super young. You know how old he is a lot better than I do. But, uh, yeah, but I think he, he's, he's 27 he's, now. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's still got you know three or four years left, but um, but eventually CD's going to be the guy, and he's going to be he's going to be the primary weapon in the offense if he's not this year. Um, but and so even though he'll be you know he'll be topped out at you know something probably eleven hundred or so yards this year, um, he'll have a chance to put up a lot of touchdowns, um, and he will. Um, and so I think if you depending on how you judge your receivers, mm-hmm. if you judge them based on like target volume or yards or anything, he's never like going to be there. Yeah. yeah, he's not going to be that. Just like just like Dez was never there in terms of pure target volume and stuff like that. He he was he proved his uh, his mm-hmm. you know his level of play by the the type of weapon he was in the red zone and, and stuff like that. The efficiency, uh, yep. exactly the efficiency. You, you know, good words. Um, <laughs> we uh, we he proved it with his efficiency. See, he's going to be able to do the same thing, and he's going to make the highlight plays um, similarly to Des, but in a little bit of a different style. Um, and uh, and he will uh, 
and he will prove that he's that type of player, uh, even if he doesn't have, you know, 180 targets a year and 140 catches and 1,400 yards or anything like that. All right, let me let me rephrase this question to you. Um, if they both reach their ceilings in the NFL, who is who is this higher, C.D. Lambs or Amari Coopers? Oh, man, I think it's got to be C.D. Because I think C.D. can be the route runner that Amari is. Um, but I don't know that Amari is – the above the rim athlete, so to he's speak, not. he's um, not that that, uh, that CD is, and I don't know. You know, they're both good after the catch. You know, they both are really good route runners. They both play inside and outside. You know, they're both. I think that's what makes them so. It makes them play so well together. I think. It, mm-hmm. I think you said it yesterday with Dalton was like they're almost the perfect complement. They are just yeah. to play together because they're they're almost interchangeable from a from a role standpoint. Um, and then it's just whichever t- if a team's playing man coverage, it's whichever p- uh, player is lucky enough to have the poor soul as the second corner on them. We're going to talk about Amari Cooper in the loser second section in just a second. And that one might be surprising to people, but I'll, I'll explain. But uh, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar, the absolute best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. All right, I want to talk about some losers for a second. Um, I mentioned Amari Cooper. I actually don't think that he's been a big loser in the sense because he hasn't practiced and he's been on PUP. That's not the reason why I'm I'm calling him a loser. It's actually because of CeeDee Lamb, which we just talked about, right? Like, I think it's pretty clear to everybody that CeeDee Lamb is going to be a wide receiver, we'll say a quote-unquote wide receiver one in the NFL. And Amari, again, love him. One of my favorite players in the league. But if CD is your wide receiver one, do you have to pay a wide receiver two twenty million a year? You know, I'm a guy that would pay all the receivers. So oh, yeah. you're oh, yeah. I, I'm probably the wrong person to talk about this. But <laughs> I just wonder if the Cowboys will see after this season. Hey, CD Lamb, he's dominating in camp. He's developing a rapport with Dak Prescott. Maybe we don't need to pay Amari Cooper $20 million. Maybe we're good, you know, bringing back Michael Gallup at $12, 14000000 million and saving that cash elsewhere. Do you agree with my assessment that a Cooper is a loser because CD is dominating so much in camp? I think from a, from a long-term perspective, a multi-year perspective, maybe – um, because, like you said, it, it's going to push the question into uh, into Stephen Jones's mind of, hey, can I save this money and use it, you know, somewhere else? Can I use it for my Bahamas vacation? Um, in, in well, I mean, here, so here's, here's an option but, too. Like, let's say let's say Gallup wants twelve million a year, right? And Dalton Schultz wants five million a year. Does it make more sense to bring back Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup for the price of Amari Cooper next year? I, I don't know, but maybe Stephen Jones thinks, hey, yeah. we can get two players for the price of one that, you know, these guys are maybe a little healthier, more reliable. I, I could see that happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something that we could see Stephen do for sure. Um, I think from a from a short term view, um, I think there's there's going to be plenty of offense to go around for this year. Um, and then it's just a matter of 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 whether Stephen Jones decides that. He wants to he wants to reallocate that money somewhere else uh, after the season, which from this point in Amari's career on, as long as he's with the Cowboys, we're going to have that conversation every offseason because of the structure of his contract makes it so easy to uh, yep. to get out of. 
again, I, I Armari Cooper's one of my favorite players in the league. He's going to be fine. I'm not worried about him starting on PUP, you know, opening camp. He'll be ready for week one. He's dealing okay. with plantar fasciitis, but this is something that he's been dealing with all the way back at Alabama when he was the best receiver in the, in the nation. So I'm not concerned. My next loser, um, first of all, Joey, how is your shoulder? Because uh, you might you might be the Cowboys' backup quarterback this year. Uh, well, that's how honest, bad the quarterback situation yeah. is right now. My right shoulder is a little, a little twingy, so uh, I don't know. If we, I th- threw a lot of baseballs in my time, so I don't know. If we, I don't <laughs> that's know if all right. You're, you're still fine because the uh, the backup quarterback situation in Dallas, not great. I, I don't think any of those guys have stood out. Um, are you concerned about the backup quarterback situation? Uh, no, to be honest with you, um, because it, it, and I'll, I'll harken back to a quote that, like I said, Dalton Hawk harkened back to yesterday and you guys use often is, yes. is the, the famous Tom Moore, we don't practice being effed, uh, <laughs> quote. Um, and, and it's just, everybody uses that quote because it's so perfect in that if you have a quarterback, um, and Tom Moore was referring to Peyton Manning, but mm. if you have a quarterback at the level that Dak Prescott plays at, um, the difference between that quarterback and any other quarterback in the world is going to be so drastic that your team is just going to be in, in a world of hurt if they're not playing. And so whether you, and we, I mean, the test case has proven out in Dallas several times, whether it's Kyle Orton going from being a starting quarterback to taking money to come to Dallas and, Hey, we have this backup quarterback. If we need him to win one game, he'll win one game for us when Tony Romo's out and Tony can come back and we'll keep going. And that didn't work. And Brandon, hey, if, you know, right. Brandon, you know, over and over and over again, they paid money to these backup quarterbacks with the goal of, Hey, this guy could keep the ship going. And of all of those times, the only time that anything like that has happened was going on 11 years ago or 12 years ago now in 2010, whenever John Kitna went something like five and five or something like that as the starting mm-hmm. quarterback after, uh, after Tony Romo broke his collarbone. Well, and so the thing is, if you look at that 2010 season, they got a lot of help from special teams and defense. Oh, yeah. like they scored oh, yeah. a bunch of uh, touchdowns in unconventional ways that season. Otherwise sure. it would be the same way, right? Like John Kitna wasn't adding any value yeah. to your offense. Yeah. And they got, they got the interim coach bump that every team gets, you know, you get the rah, rah, let's, rally around this group because we know everything's going to change next year and all that kind of stuff so there's a lot at play that year for sure but the moral of the story is backup quarterbacks I mean their their number one function is to to help the quarterback prepare during the week before the game and their number two function is to make sure that you can get through practice and now we can argue whether they're fulfilling that function right now um but uh, but going out and spending money on a veteran guy right now, it just it does you no good because I agree. if Dak goes, if Dak's you know Dak's going to be back in plenty of time. I mean, he was out there having a scramble day at practice yesterday, right. just yeah. running around, being goofy, jumping around, you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, doing Jordan poses over pylons and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but he he's going to be fine. He's going to be back way before week one, and and so if unless if he misses a couple of games. You know, Garrett Gilbert has proven he can go out there and he can do enough. Uh, it'll, be un- yeah, yep. it'll be unorthodox and there will be more, you know, more third down scrambles for first downs and things like that because the defense shows him something he's not ready for. But but you're not going to get much better quarterback play from a quarterback two than what you got from Garrett Gilbert last year no, against I- Pittsburgh. I mean, and we saw it. Like I said, we paid a ton of money to Andy Dalton and he didn't play any better than Garrett Gilbert did, so – yeah, I'm going to pick on our guy, Mike Fisher, uh, who is a big fan of this podcast, who actually posts these on his website. Yeah. He wants the Cowboys to go out and get Nick Foles and Blake Bortles. I, I just don't see it. I mean, 
I agree. I, I do think there's a point where if your quarterbacks are bad enough, they can ruin practice, but you're not going to go out and give away an asset for a quarterback to help you get through practice. It's just, right. just not the way it is. Heck, you can have Kellen Moore do that if you need to, right? Right. Uh, or like even you could go call Mike McCarthy's buddy Brent Hundley or something like that who could come yes. in and you know for for a veteran minimum contract, which is literally no money in the in the in the preseason, could yeah. he could help you get through practice between him and, and Garrett Gilbert? You could get through practice just fine. Right. I, I just don't think any quarterback that's out there that's available, even you know as a quarterback two on a different roster, is going to help you win games if Dak is out because this team is built around hey we've got to score 30 plus points a game to have a chance there's no quarterback out there that's going to do that at a consistent enough level um let's get to some other some other losers um I'm just going to say Jalen Smith and the floor is yours Joey go ahead (laughs) um I I think Jalen's a loser um for a lot of reasons. I mean, there's the uh, the video floating around from Sean Sharif of, uh, of Jalen's inability to handle the uh, blocking sled, uh, which was, you know, uh, that's a drill that you go watch a high school or a middle school football practice and you see linebackers doing that precise, exact, you know, lock out and move mm-hmm. and, and sort of take on the block and, and go find the ball carrier drill. And f- for some reason, the other day, Jalen Smith just could not um, – could not do could not execute that drill properly and then there's then there's just the linebacker depth chart and how well Micah Parsons is playing mm-hmm. um combined with how well Leighton Vander Esch seems to be playing and how good he looks uh, combined with the fact that Keanu Neal is is one of the the defense coordinator's favorite people in the world and favorite football players in the world and there's just a whole lot of things that just fell a lot of time on the sideline for Jalen Smith and uh and an inability to get on the field and and when he's on the field he's you know Jalen Smith is just you know he basically runs on one foot right now and um and since that injury he's just run he just looks like he's lumbering around the field everywhere he goes yeah that's the biggest thing is like you can tell that he's just not the same athlete as everybody else right like Keanu Neal, Michael Parsons, even Leighton Van Der Esch after he's, you know, kind of reworked some of the hip issues that he's had. Those guys are all just different players in space. And Jalen is the one guy that just can't play in space. And in this defense where you're going to be covering a lot, you're going to be responsible to, to, to cover a lot of ground. I just don't see it. It seems like he's a poor fit in the defense altogether. Um, we've got some reports that, you know, maybe he's going to be used as this designated pass rusher. I I don't see that either. I think he's wildly overrated as a pass rusher. I think that's just a way to give him snaps at a position that he won't see on game day. I I just think it's pretty clear. You can't have him be a full-time guy anymore. I know you're paying him whatever it is. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you 100. percent I just think that he's and he's has this tendency to play super wide, which gives him which takes away his ability to change direction. And I, I did notice on one video where he was out, you know, somebody motioned out, so he wound up over the top of a guy, sort of in an overhang position, and he sort of started in his big wide position. It was almost like they're trying to coach that stance out of him because you yeah. saw him start like that and then bring his feet inside and sort of narrow his stance to try to give himself a chance. But it, like I said, he just he 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 just doesn't fit from a style standpoint with these nope. the rest of these linebackers and and 
he's and the funny part about it is you think about a guy of his style and you think like okay what's the top end ceiling of a guy that plays with that sort of style and it's somebody probably like like Dante Hightower or somebody like that who just runs around with this gigantic body and just throws himself into blockers and destroys plays and things well, like Hightower that. Hightower can cover uh, though. I was gonna say but he can cover <laughs> and he actually knows how to take on a block. I'm sure he doesn't get defeated by by blocking dummies very often at, at training camp either. So uh, the the things that the things that Jalen is supposed to be good at that should give him a role um, mm. he's not good enough at to be better than any of the other people any of the other linebackers on the team at so he's just he's in this terrible position uh, and the the coaching staff's in a little bit of a bad position too because the front office's uh, infatuation with him has kept him on the roster at this salary number that you know they're going to want to emphasize putting him on the field um, and you know all the branding stuff and stuff like that they're going to want him on the field too and so they're, they're going to be in a really tough spot with that and uh, and their decision on him this coming offseason will will tell a lot about the, uh, the the current state and future state of the franchise for sure. Yeah, so we've heard some whispers already this year that the front office and coaching staff, it's one of their biggest disagreements is how to use Jalen Smith because I don't yep. think he's a fit in Dan Quinn's defense. The front office has given him a ton of money. They want to see him on the field. The owner clearly loves him. And, I mean, from a personality standpoint, there's nothing not to love about Jalen Smith, but he's just not a great fit in this defense. I would say, Joey, I think there's a couple teams out there that if you put Jalen on, I think he would make sense. Like a, a team that plays maybe a 3-4 where it's a little bit tighter formations and you know he's coming downhill all the time. Listen, I'm going to bring out my Steelers, right? Like if he's the, if he's the, of course. the if he's the buck linebacker in that defense, they basically taking over the Vince Williams role. I could see that. Like that makes a lot of sense. I could yeah. see him in Baltimore being in their defense, you know, paired with Patrick Queen, but in this 4-3 Dan Quinn defense, I, I just don't see it. So, yeah. um any other winners or losers that you you want to point out before we head out? Um, I think we've heard a lot of really good things about Neville Gallimore. Um, We haven't necessarily seen him flash the same way we've seen like Randy Gregory flash or CeeDee Lamb flashes every day. Uh, But they've only had a couple of days in pads. And from what what we sort of heard about yesterday's practice, it was a little bit on the boring side from a a situational sort of Mm -hmm. standpoint. Um, So there wasn't wasn't a whole lot of flash there. Uh, So but but the team, the coaching staff seems extremely confident in him. And every time you hear about the, the first team defense running out, out there Neville Gallimore is one of them um, and there's only there's only a couple of players that that's the that's the case with you know him and Randy Gregory and Trevon mm-hmm. Diggs are really the only ones who are really really consistently every single snap with the ones that are out there um, and so so I think you have to say Neville and if he's made a if he's made a big step um, that's a huge thing for this defense yeah. considering the state of that defensive tackle room for sure uh, that's a really good one. I'll give one more loser before we go. Chauncey Golston, he's been on PUP. I really thought he had a chance to come in and take like the third or fourth defensive end job because they don't really have a lot of depth there. I mean, they're hoping Terrell Basham wins that spot. We'll see from, I know our guy, John Owning, Bradley and I, uh, Dorrance Armstrong, but for a rookie to be on PUP and be missing all this valuable practice time, I would not be surprised if this is more of a redshirt year for Chauncey yeah. Golston. And that's unfortunate because when you spend a third round pick on a guy, you know what, a top 75 pick on a guy that's NFL ready, that maybe doesn't have a higher ceiling than some of the other guys drafted around him. You need that guy to play a lot during their rookie contract. So for him to be missing all this time, I I think puts him in a bad spot. Um, And then one more Dalton Schultz, like 
Dalton Schultz has been, I, he, I think he's one of the biggest winners at camp, continuing this positive momentum from last season. Uh, it seems like he's just a really good fit with Dak Prescott. He gets open, he catches everything. Uh, he's pretty clearly the better blocker between him and Blake Jarwin. Yeah. I think Dalton Schultz uh, is uh, is having a nice camp. But uh, Joey, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. We're going to have to make sure we have you on during the season. What do you say? Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Uh, All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow Joey at Joey Ikes. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We will see you next time.